Kids fear her. Parents warn their children about her. And now Hollywood has made her a star. A thin white face, flowing black hair, and shrieks that can drive a person mad. If you hear her cries, you better find a place to hide. This week's episode is La Llorona. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister I screamed at my boss today <laughs> in his face. He popped around the corner to say hi to me, and I went, Wah! and he said, what's wrong with you? And I said, nothing, sir, because I did not want to say I was jumpy from watching the movie La- The Curse of La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you screamed a lot last night. Okay. <laughs> you did. My question was, if we'd been at Alamo, would you have still screamed? I would have probably had to stuff my hoodie in my mouth. Okay. So and maybe I... next time we just always act like we're at Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the fun part about me screaming a lot at AMC Mesquite 30. Nobody cares. It's Well, Christy I, said, I did. I cared about everybody in that theater. It's anarchy, you Good said Christ. repeatedly. It was. And we will do our... Movie review and our experience at the of end. what happened at the end of this episode. And if you follow us on Instagram, you saw our immediate follow-up uh, reaction, reaction <laughs> videos, which I rewatched today and laughed very hard at how how mad how you ridiculous were. it was. You were yeah. so mad. Yes. I have very particular, I find, but also normal, requests when I go to a movie theater. All and right. That's, Picky, that's what are the, they? Um, everyone respects the space and is quiet and doesn't make a lot of noise with shuffling around in their seats or my God, those drink cup holders last night, people kept trying to put their drinks in the drink cup holders. It was just, whoever designed that theater is an idiot, but then everyone that was in the theater were much even bigger idiots. Just act like a normal fucking person. If you yeah. want to act like an idiot, stay at home and watch for it, wait for it to come on Netflix. True. There was, get it at Redbox. It was a free-for-all. People were sitting anywhere they wanted to. They were openly so many people scrolling Facebook, openly. going up to other people saying, I think you're in my seat. It's an assigned seat theater. <laughs> I don't think most people knew that. It was it was wild. We'll get even more into it at the end of this episode. I have the napkins upon which I wrote down <laughs> funny things that happened either in the movie or that Christy said. So I'll read those at the end of this. Yes. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And we are going to be talking about The Legend of La Llorona. Do you have um, any childhood? Did your parents ever tell you as a child, be careful if you... Don't come home at curfew. Such and such is going to get you. Classic Nancy McKinney quote is, well, if you do that, the boogers are going to get you. The boogers? Yeah. Your own? No, I think it was a the boogeyman? slang term of the boogeyman. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, so. Come over Nancy, here. I don't want the boogers to get you. In, the, in Nancy's world, boogers, there were 
a group of them yeah, that traveled in a pack, which that's kind of scary. That is very terrifying. <laughs> what, you know, you call it a murder of crows. What do you call it? A, a booger. A, a booger. It's a boogers. nose full of boogers. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. A booger is a gaggle of boogeymen. Yes. Boogers. Yes. The boogers. Also, fun new CW show. <laughs> is it? The boogers. No, <laughs> no it should and it's be. It's like uh, the, I just always imagined them as, you know, looking like the hamburger kind of yeah. with the mask on and the striped shirt and <laughs> Sneaking around trying to snatch up kids and Whoa, put them in a bag. That's creepy. Yeah. I don't think I had one. My parents were their own boogers. Oh, really? Like they if, were... they, if you fucked up, it was like... <laughs> like... Well, I disobeyed quite a bit as a teen. You were a wild child. So I was a wild child. And I would get grounded quite a bit. Oh, yeah. So that was mine. It was, if you don't come home on time, then guess what? You're not going to go out for the next week. And that was enough... My it social life you. being affected was the most terrifying thing I okay. could think of. <laughs> so you're like, no, I can't. No, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't do it. But Well, some people have been warned about La Llorona mm-hmm. as many times. So let's get into this. The legend of La Llorona has been part of the Hispanic culture since the days of the conquistadors and can be found in Latin America as well as the central and southwestern regions of the United States. La Llorona is described as a tall, thin, beautiful young woman with flowing black hair. She is believed to be the spirit of a mother who, in a jealous fit of rage, drowned her two boys and is now forced to spend eternity searching for them. She is said to be seen at night, roaming the rivers and creeks in a white flowing gown, wailing into the night, looking for her dead children. So the idea of this ghost is pretty scary. Very and tragic and sad. Super sad. And it's a person motivated by grief and motivated by loss and sadness and screaming, which is always the scary part. And any time a parent drowns their children... That's a sad thing to yeah. happen. It usually is stemmed from very deep despair and yes. disturbance. And so, you know, the natural result is also you regret. And mm-hmm. now and then you're unsettled. Your spirit's you're unsettled. You're stuck in purgatory for the rest of eternity to wander the try and resolve your sins. Well, depending on the part of the country in which you grew up, there are several variations of the La Llorona legend. One story goes to the woman named Maria the daughter of a poor peasant family in a local Mexican village, was a legendary beauty admired by men both rich and poor. During the day, she would spend her time in her humble village, but in the evenings, she would visit the local bars dressed in her best white gown and soak up all the male attention. The children's book that I accidentally downloaded to research for this did not mention her going to the bars. <laughs> it, it, it left that part out? Conveniently oh, left okay. that part out. They what said, was she doing instead of uh, going to the bars? She would go to the going town. Going to PTA meetings? Yeah, she would go to the town to buy goods and... Bake cookies for yes. the kiddos? She was shopping. Maria's two young boys made cavorting around town difficult. One day, the children were tragically found drowned in the river. Some say the boys drowned due to Maria's neglect, while others believe they died at the hand of their own mother who blamed them for not being able to live the carefree life she craved. A bit of a, if I may, yes, please. Casey Anthony situation. That's exactly what Tommy said. There you go. He said we got a real Casey Anthony on her on, hands the here. first one, is the, if that's the first legend. Yeah, she, yes. That's the, that was the prosecution's, the crux of their argument. 
Was well, that she wanted to live a carefree I life. I one hundred percent believe that argument. Just side note. Yeah, I have not. Uh, I watched some of the trial footage, but I have not done a deep enough dive, so I will withhold judgment. Mm, I. One hundred percent think that she killed that little girl. Yeah, she probably did, or was involved in it somehow. somehow. Someone else. Might there was have been evidence in the too. trunk. Yes, yes, yes. Oh God, yes. Well, in another variation of the legend, Maria was a kind and loving woman who fell in love with and married a wealthy man. While their marriage was happy in the beginning, with her rich husband showering her with gifts, things begin to change after she gave birth to their two sons. Suddenly, Maria's husband was no longer interested in her and started drinking heavily and sleeping with other women. He would abandon Maria for months at a time, leaving her to care for their young boys all by herself. And when he did return home, it was only to visit their children. This is the version that's in the children's book. (laughs) Wow. Well, I guess it's a cautionary tale to children. Don't stand in the way of your parents' love. We tell you, that's what we preached to Ella from day one. We said, do not mess up our marriage. Listen here, kid. All right. This isn't about you. As legend has it, one evening, Maria and her two children were walking on a path near the river when a horse-drawn carriage rode by, carrying her husband and a beautiful and much younger woman. The carriage stopped. And while Maria's husband spoke to the children, he completely ignored her. Is That's it, yep. This is exactly this it. Is the book. Yeah, this look, is there's the book. a picture. What's the book called? It is called. I think it's called The Legend of La Girona, and it's very beautifully illustrated. And there's the illustrations are a little bit like a Maurice Sindak book. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about those. They're a little creepy. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we'll, we'll have to post. We'll one post of- some pictures on Instagram. As the carriage rode away, Maria flew into a blind rage, grabbed her children, and threw them in the river. As they floated away from her downstream, the reality of what she had just done came crashing down. Desperate to save them, she ran down the riverbank, but sadly, it was too late. Grief-stricken Maria mourned her boys day and night and would walk the riverbank in her white gown searching for them, hoping and praying they would come back to her. And that's this is, again, another variation on the legend. Some of them, it's her actually walking. Some of them, she threw herself in. Other times, she tried to grab them and slipped and whacked her head. So we, yeah. all, we got all kinds of... There's a lot of variations. Overcome with guilt and sadness, Maria refused to eat and grew thinner and thinner until she was just skin and bones unrecognizable from the beauty she had once been. Maria eventually died on the bank of the river in what had become a tattered and filthy white dress, a shell of the woman she once was. Shortly after Maria's death, locals began to report seeing her restless spirit walking the banks of the Santa Fe River, crying for her children. She was then no longer known as Maria, but as La Llorona, the weeping woman. My question is, is the answer is yes. Is this a sexist, misogynistic story where yes. a woman, her only worth is being married and being considered hot by her husband? What she considered to be her only worth because society deemed it such. But I'm saying, but the, if this is a folklore, it's pretty misogynistic and then sure. it's trying to force feed this idea in your head that, man, if your husband cheats on you, 
Or maybe it's a cautionary tale and you shouldn't wrap yourself up in how you look and another man and that she's damned for all eternity for throwing her kids in the river that if the same thing happens to you, you got a Lizzo it, man. When he don't want you anymore, you walk your fine ass out the yeah. door. So that maybe your this hair is... toss, check your nails. That's right. Yes. That's, maybe that's what this is, is it's a, a, a cautionary tale and we've all seen it as mind your parents or La Llorona is going to come and kill you. But also maybe we should inspect it further and say, hey your husband cheats on you fuck that guy yeah yeah and the dick definitely you down, don't you're gone definitely don't drown your kids over it i think nobody would and that's yeah it offends me that they think so little of women well i think a lot of folklores are rooted in misogynist sexist beliefs Three. yeah probably <laughs> i mean look at goat man it's not goat woman that's <laughs> true you know slender what slender man they're all men that's mean what yeah the fuck what the hell <laughs> I mean, I guess this. So we finally have a woman. Well, we have the white instead, lady of White Rock Lake. Yeah, but none of them are the feminist leader in the in urban legends that we need. Yeah, we need a badass feminist leader, urban legend. Send them in, you guys. I know the, you've got one. The fun thing about urban legends, anybody can create one. You just make it up. You, that's what it is. So, so you're saying we need a crowdsource of strong yes, feminist urban legends. I say we get this started. And what, probably by like 2030, it'd be, it'll be told to children around <laughs> around the Metroplex? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. We can piece some things together from different listener suggestions and create what I'm going to go ahead and say is going to be the best urban legend yes. that the world's ever seen. The greatest folklore ever told. <laughs> okay. Ever told. I, I agree. I'm very excited Challenge about accepted. this. Well, a La Llorona legend from Tucson tells of a widow who lost her young son as he played near a flooded river. Grief-stricken, she goes from house to house looking for a replacement. Residents claim to have seen fingerprints or even claw marks on windows and window screens where she tried getting in to snatch their children. Likewise, children were told to be quiet as their cries may attract her to the house. Well, that's just making sure that your kids don't yell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, everybody loves Raymond Dazon. La Llorona's <laughs> going to come get you if you don't shut up. Everybody shut up. Also, I wonder, you know, you think there's there really are claw marks. It could be a bobcat. Who's to say? A bobcat was at my niece's school the other day. <gasps> they had to do a lockdown. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. For all the, all the reasons to do a lockdown, Bobcat, number one, I would choose. <laughs> all the kids had to stay. It was the opposite of a normal lockdown, and all the kids had to stay inside because the my sister-in-law and my nephew were outside setting up for something at my niece's school, and they were the ones that spotted the Bobcat. Oh, my God. Yeah. She took a bunch of pictures of it. Those things are vicious. They will attack you and your kids, much like La Llorona. Oh, God. Another account in The Mexico I Like a book by J. Frank Doby, claims a woman drowned her daughter and was then burned at the stake. Restless, her spirit wandered the rivers and seashores of Mexico, looking to recover her lost child. This sounds like an old witch tale. Yeah. The woman's spirit was attracted to death, and those who attended funerals and public hangings could supposedly feel her icy breath on their neck. When spotted, she is again wearing a white dress, with long black hair, weeping and with arms outstretched as if she is carrying a little one. They just hang out at public hangings. They just would go. That was the thing people did a lot. In the Wild West. Would you have gone? Oh, yeah. I'm disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to see that. I can't. Well, I mean, I don't want to watch it on the Internet, so I definitely don't want to see it live. I don't want to watch it on the Internet. But now that I mean. But you I'm, would go see it live. 
you're telling me if it's 1887 and the, if Netflix doesn't exist and I got nothing else to do. If it's 1887 and people are getting hanged left and right, maybe. I'm saying if in today's... Oh, God, no. A, okay. In I'd today, be horrified. Okay. The days of... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. We were talking about two different <laughs> things. I thought you were saying I am a prairie woman of the... A the mud plains. person, if you yes, will. Yes, I'm a, a American mud person. As opposed to my <laughs> 1600s British. This is Heather throughout the ages. A 1600s British mud person. I'm now a prairie, a prairie mud, person. mud person. Yes, and I have a wagon, and uh, I entertain. Ooh, you're doing well for yourself, gentlemen in my saloon. Nice. If I think I would definitely have been a lady of the night had yeah. I lived back then. Uh, I, I think they. I think would. I, I think they had the most fun. Owner. Yeah. I was, Ooh, you could have owned the saloon. And you I would have been the, the girl upstairs. that would have banged the guys yeah. upstairs. There you go. And I would host the public hanging after parties. Oh, that's nice. Now, speaking in today's time, yeah. hell no. No. The day, None of that is going to happen in I don't think time. anyone should be executed. I agree. Period. Full stop. Much less if we get to the idiocracy part in our lives where we are p- executing people on cable television. Stop. I mean, we've gone too far. I still would like for you to own a saloon, though. I do. My dream. That's my dream. To own a saloon? I would like to own a speakeasy. Oh. You think that it's a bookstore. That's fun. And then it's, but it's a special kind what of if bookstore. It, what if it I'm not was? not going to say because I don't want anyone to steal my idea. It's very good. What if it really was a bookstore? No, yeah, you can and buy books at the you, front, too. So in this bookstore, do you remove a certain book and a wall? You have to come in and ask slides for a book. open? And then the, okay. the person at the counter will let you back. Do you already know what the book is? You it's going to gonna change for? every week. You know there's this, there's something like this in Deep Ellum. It's yeah, a there's candy multi- store. Oh, yeah, and there's uh, High and Tight. fucking stupid. There's also a speakeasy in the Statler. There's a couple of speakeasies. Yeah, there's also, well, it's no longer really a speakeasy, but the one across from Southside and Lamar. It used to be. I can't think of the name of it. There's a, is it a police station that you're talking about? That's across from <laughs> Southside Lamar. It's not a police station, Heather. It's it's actually speaking. You go in, you say, I'm, I'm not guilty, and then they let you into the bar that they have in the back, and they're holding so. Yeah, it's a secret cop bar. It's really cool. It's called the Drunk Tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice, yes. I'd be into that. Well, some suggest that La Girona is the infamous Doña Maria who cooperated with the conquistador Cortez and was doomed to wander the streets, regretting her sins. Doña Maria, or La Malinche, was an indigenous woman from the Mexican Gulf Coast who played a major role in assisting Cortez and the Spanish in conquering the Aztec Empire. Initially given as a slave to Cortez in 1519, she later acted as a translator, advisor, and liaison for him. And they ended up having a baby together. So this is what we call the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, a little bit. She and I think at first there's I got this is way a far afield of what we're talking about today. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of research on she was a slave. Was she just doing all of this? And the accidental byproduct was the fall of her entire empire, but she was really just trying to stay alive, mm. or did she really fall in love with them? So there's a lot of questions, but she's sort of known as this Benedict Arnold sinister figure, from what I could tell in my research, wow. that she, in the 1590s, uh, you know, a couple of years. Well, I'm saying in the 1590s, oh, later yeah, on, yeah. people would say, oh, you're, you're going to hear that spirit. It's Doña Maria. Don't you know who she was? She's the reason why... I, we got conquered. Why the oh, Aztecs are conquered? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the Spanish campaign against the Aztec Empire was over August thirteenth, fifteen twenty one, with lives lost and lands conquered, with the help of Doña Maria. 
Whichever version you may have been told, La Llorona is rumored to be seen on the bank of a specific river, sometimes the Rio Grande, or whatever river, lake, or body of water is nearby. In some versions of the legend, she's seen wandering a highway when it rains. Yeah, it was interesting, this book about, or it's a long, it's not a book, it's just a really long article about all the sightings and stuff that were gathered in the American Southwest, particularly in southern Arizona, and it was... Some people swear that they saw her on this highway. Some people swear that they saw her by this one specific river only. Other people said, well, my parents said that she can go anywhere. So it's. I think it's a classic. That's when you lose the effectiveness of an urban legend. Versus saying this is a haunted hotel. You're like, yeah. it could be a ghost anywhere. Yeah. It's when you, it's, it gets too, no pun intended, watered down. All right. When it can be anywhere because then... You, it's not the thrilling, exciting stuff of, oh, you're by the creek where it could have happened, yeah. and now we're going to see a sighting. It's just, uh, if you fuck up and you're a kid, anywhere you are, she might come and get you. Well, and I mean, that may be the point of folklore as opposed to a legend haunt or like urban legend at a haunting of a place that it's meant to be ubiquitous and it's meant to follow you around mm-hmm. wherever you go. Well, the degree of La Llorona's brutality varies with the legend that is being told. Some say she kills indiscriminately, and no man, woman, or child that is unfortunate enough to get close to her is safe. Others say she is only interested in killing children and is always looking for unsuspecting boys and girls to drag kicking and screaming to their watery grave. That's so scary to think about getting... I told you, I've said many times, my, one of my biggest fears as a kid was being kidnapped. Yeah. I, had an irration, I don't know if it was irrational, but I had a strong fear that same. I was going to be kidnapped. I was the same age as Amber Hagerman when she got kidnapped, yeah. and that's the famous unsolved North Texas mystery. It's the reason we have the Amber Alert. It's true. And I just thought, oh, this is, it's going to happen. And wouldn't it be worse if it was a ghost? <laughs> would it be worse? or would it be, I, I think, for me, it would be better because... I feel like you can reason with a ghost more than you can an actual living person. That's true. The type of person that would kidnap a kid, at least. Yeah. Well, there's been several sightings of La Llorona. Patrico Lugan claims that when he was a boy, he and his family were sitting near the creek between Mora and Guadalupita, New Mexico, when they saw a tall, thin woman walking along the creek and then appear to float on the water. The family watched as the woman began to walk up the hill towards them and then suddenly vanished. Moments later, she reappeared, this time much closer to Patrico and his terrified family. After the ghostly woman disappeared again, the family searched for any signs of footprints. Unable to find any, they had no doubt in their minds that they had just seen La Llorona. Do you think it was really her? No, I don't believe in any of this. All right. <laughs> what if it was a, a was truly a woman and then it looked like she was walking on the water because she was actually walking on a mirage, you know, where it's the heat thing. Yes, like I was just about to compare this to the Marfa lights when that family was out and it's said, a ghost. well, it's not headlights and it's not a campfire. It must be a ghost. It's a very quick <laughs> jump from something... A, a rational explanation to well, it's gotta be La Llorona. I mean, <laughs> it'd be anything else. If you're out in the you know in the creek in New Mexico where she's frequently seen in the southern yeah. southwestern United States, I think a lot of these stories get passed down in a family mm-hmm. over generation generation, and it becomes their own family's urban legend as well. Yeah, did you have a family folklore? No, I was like oh, you know, Uncle Blank always does blank. 
No, not that I can think like, of. Like, oh, you remember that time? Do you have one? Well, we had an aunt and uncle. I never met him. It was my grandmother's brother and his wife named George and Serelda. And every Thanksgiving, they died way before I was born. But to this day, everyone always mentions how at Thanksgiving that they would bring, I believe, and my mom's going to correct me because this isn't right, a head of lettuce and a can of tomatoes to Thanksgiving as their offering. Yeah. That's not what we do. I mean, we all bring a side (laughs) dish or a turkey or something or gravy, but that they were, I guess, lazy or they were late all the time, but that it was just this well-known thing that you're going to be like them and you're going to bring this. And I've always wondered if they really, if that happened one time, maybe they were running late and it was an accident, but then it somehow morphs into, they always did. Right. They always brought that. Yeah. In that case, I thought you were thinking of something more scarier. Oh, no. I mean, I'm always late, so I'm probably an urban legend within our family. <laughs> She'll show up 15 minutes after she's supposed to. My brother once famously said, she is never going to know when she's pregnant. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. I am always late. Killer burn. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. Did you ever figure out if you were pregnant? No, I still don't know. Uh, <laughs> a baby came We out. have a baby, but is that how you know? I don't know. <laughs> confusing. I I don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah. Another sighting of La Llorona comes from Epifiano Garcia, a young boy who was known as a bit of a troublemaker. Same. I can relate to this. And would often talk back to his parents. Also same. Oh my God, never. My dad would say, I will mash your mouth. (laughs) Don't know what that meant. He never did it. I was just the threat was enough. One day after a particularly heated argument, Epifiano and his two brothers decided to leave their parents' ranch in Ojo de la Vaca and make their way to Via Real de Santa Fe. As the three brothers rode along in their wagon, a tall woman, dressed in all black, with a black net draped over her face, suddenly appeared on the seat between two of the brothers. That is horrifying. <laughs> I'd throw right off the wagon. I would scream and probably fall right off. Yeah, you would have... You wouldn't have made it. I'm the jumpiest person alive. You really, you uh, that I know. I'm you so you really are the jumpiest person that I know. The haunting apparition sat there in an eerie silence until Epifiano finally turned the horses around and started heading back home. It was then the woman finally spoke, saying, I will visit you again someday when you argue with your mother. This is kind of just a baller move. I bet you it was the mom's friend. And she had her dress up and was like, <laughs> yeah. jump up on the wagon. That's why you always leave a note. Yep, exactly. This this is pretty, this is a very smart move. It's Arrested Development style. Yeah. This, this Maybe this is where they got the idea for that episode. Yeah. That whole character line. The frequency of La Llorona's appearances vary. According to some, her cries can be heard at the same time each night. For others, she returns to the same riverbank once a year on the anniversary of her children's death. Like many legends, La Llorona is a folklore with a message. It is a cautionary tale for children, encouraging them to heed the instructions of their elders, a warning to spouses to remain faithful to one another, and a message to parents to keep their children close. So she's she is for everybody. She's a benevolent figure. <laughs> And in Everyone some cases, can relate. She brings us together. It's true. And in uh, some of the ones that happened in Tucson in the other woman's article, she tr- led people to treasure. So, again, and I always wonder, maybe, what's her real story? Maybe it was a different ghost. I feel like a lot you got to pick the strongest story and, and then you, you sell that one. Because the more variations you get, then... You, you're stepping into other ghost territory, and then you're kind of 
sh- shitting on them because they're not getting the ghost credit they deserve That's what I'm saying. for this making the, an appearance. The treasure-leading ghost maybe wasn't La Llorona, and it was some other ghost, and La Llorona is getting credit for doing a nice That's thing. That's what I'm saying. Keep, or who knows, keep the maybe ghost in their own lane. She's a deep and multifaceted character, and we're trying to pigeonhole her. Maybe that's what it is. Well, the legend of La Llorona has inspired and influenced several movies over the years, including the Mexican films La Llorona in 1933 and The Curse of La Llorona in 1963, 2013's Mama, and the most recent 2019 film The Curse of La Llorona, starring Linda Cardellini. Did you ever see Mama? I don't think I saw I did Mama. Not. It's the only one of these. Well, I don't know about the only one, but the directors were one was from Argentina and the other was no, I don't Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he's so scary. He's fantastic. Well, I mean, his, his movies are scary. Pan's Labyrinth. Have you seen Pan's no, Labyrinth? No, it's too scary. The trailer made me scared. For someone that hates scary stuff, you do a true crime paranormal podcast. Doesn't make any sense. I get it. And I also have lots of nightmares. After we saw that movie, I watched The Office all night. It had, did it? But it didn't scare you, did it? I kept having to tell myself, you don't have any children. She doesn't want to do anything with you. <laughs> that didn't mean I was She'll wasn't... take Christie's. If, if she's going to come after anybody, yes. it's going to be Christie. She has a daughter. I'll be like, I'm sure there are some kids on this block. I, she could have taken any of the kids in that theater, and I would have been happy. I would have stood <laughs> up and applauded her efforts. I know. I'm surprised none of the parents were like, look up there. That's about to happen to you. <laughs> Actress Patricia Velasquez, who plays Patricia Alvarez in the movie, said in an interview with Bustle Magazine that while growing up in Mexico, La Llorona felt quite real and that her parents would use the threat to make sure she did what they asked. She said that she was... Grew up in Mexico. She's born in Venezuela, grew up in Mexico, and moved back to Venezuela. And that she heard about La Llorona when she was five. But then there's another La Llorona-esque figure that has a different name in Venezuela. I'm like, oh, you got to worry about two Do you think different... they're friends? Um, they're, they're probably friends with Slender Man and Goat Man. <laughs> they're they have, all friends. It's like the Avengers. They have a conference. But... <laughs> yeah, it's like Marvel Universe. They all know each other. This... Eventually, they're all going to meet up in some crazy-ass Urban legend, conjuring, pasta, conjuring universe. Annabelle's in there, yeah, and they're all, yeah. they all know each other. Also, Arrested Development tie-in because this actress was Marta, yes, in Arrested Development. Yes, she was. Well, according to Patricia, half the crew that worked on the Curse of La Llorona believed the house they shot the film in was haunted. Patricia said, "I think La Llorona was just there, making sure we were doing right by her." Patricia also said she loved the script because of, quote, how respectful it was from the point of view of the entity and that she loved her character. Despite this, many have criticized the film for being culturally insensitive, pointing to how a white woman was cast as the lead and a white man was cast as Father Perez. I just would like to say I was incredibly offended by this movie because they charged me money to see it. (laughs) And uh, it was rude. Yeah, it it should have been a free screen. It should have been like, or if I ran a stop sign or something, it was community service. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was more of a punishment to watch it, honestly. I feel bad. People who are listening probably want to go see it. It's a fun horror movie. I screamed. I I don't think it was fun. And I don't think it was a horror movie. I screamed a bunch of times. Yes, you did. I was and not people in the audience scared. were high fiving each other and having. Well, a good they time. were all a bunch of big fat idiots. <laughs> all too. right. In another problematic move, Warner Brothers sent Mexican healers known as curanderos or curanderas, yeah, 
to perform rituals known as limpias before some screenings. A traditional limpia is a sweeping of an egg, plants, herbs, oils, sound, prayer, and laying of the hands over the body. They are a spiritual cleansing and balancing of the body, mind, and spirit, and are meant to promote a sense of good health and positive mental attitude, as well as clear emotional obstacles, confusion, and stagnant and negative energy stuck in the body. You mean it's not a ghost-fighting mechanism like it was used in the movie? I don't think so, but it does sound very nice, and I'd like to have one... I'd like to have one performed on me if I ever go yeah, through it does something sound very lovely. traumatic. I will say, uh, if you're listening and you want to see the movie, we're not really going to spoil anything because everything's in the trailer. Yeah. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. Or if you've ever read seen anything this... about this. I mean, everything that we've... Well, I guess not everything that we've talked about already is in it. But yeah, It's all pretty much in the trailer. And they lay it all out in the trailer. Well, and you've seen a horror movie before. You know how it's going to end. Yeah. Well, San Diego-based curandera Grace Sesma was emailed by a publicist from the film asking for her services. She ignored the message at first, but published the email online once she saw photos of Olympias being performed before screenings. It was pretty stupidly worded, and it said something like, Hey, we're really excited to promote this <laughs> oh, new film, and we think your services would be a great wow. fit. Email me back if you're interested. And you know that was sent to a 100 other people. Oh, absolutely. It was just a stock email. Oh, man. Sesma called the stunts quite shameful and warns that they heighten the fear factor around a traditional practice and commodifies and exploits our culture just to get people to see a movie. Tonita Gonzalez, an internationally known curandera based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, called the promotional limpias an outrage and an appropriation of Mexican culture, adding, The limpia is a cleansing that helps people see the holy that's within them. To use this to promote a movie is disturbing. On the other hand, L.A.-based healer Miguel Franco performed some limpias for audiences as well as attendees of screenings and press junkets and described the experience as, quote, overwhelmingly positive. Franco was pleased to be able to share his gift with people that wouldn't normally seek him out, such as influencers and the media. Well, I just envision people who want to do it is fine, but it's... Is it necessary? No, and I think it's it's not... He's maybe doing it for the right reasons, but Warner Brothers was not doing it. They for the were doing right it as a publicity stunt. They were doing it as look at this weird, wacky thing, and it's not a weird, wacky thing. It's someone's culture, it's someone's right. practice, it's someone's heritage, and it's not a fun. It's not like having a snow cone stand out in front and giving out a free thing before you go see a movie. Right. It, that's that is there. I think the Kiranandero who said it was commodifying it is correct. It's not a free gift that you give out at South by Southwest, which is where he performed some of them. Right. But I mean, if he wants to go and do it, that's fine. But I think the true motivation behind the studio doing it was not a fun, pure thing. No, I agree. Also, I want to say that even if I'd been given a snow cone before last night's movie, I still would not have liked it. <laughs> Hot take. Warner Brothers also hired curanderos as consultants to make sure the curandero in the movie was portrayed accurately. So, little spoiler, there's one in the movie. I think he's in the trailer. I'm not sure. But Sesma points out that limpias are meant to be performed on someone who has suffered an extremely traumatic event and not simply to protect someone from being scared at the movies. Yeah, and it's not exactly how they use it, is not to heal the children or the mom of her traumatic experience. They're using it to get La Llorona to not come in the house. Yeah, it's more of what you would see like a demonologist do. Also, 
he's using eggs and rubbing them around the door frames and things. And the little boy even says, were you just going to rub eggs all over our stuff all day? It's like, all right, kids. (laughs) So again, it's kind of culturally insensitive that he's mocking it as well. Yeah. A professor at the University of New Mexico who hosts an annual conference on curanderissimo, the practice of using plants and herbs to cure physical ailments, points out that traditional healing has nothing to do with ghost hunting and said, Whoever put this promotion together likely has no idea what they're doing. That's probably a safe assumption. (laughs) Professor Andrew Chestnut of Virginia Commonwealth University, a scholar specializing in spiritual practices in Mexico, warns against the, quote, reprehensible and harmful nature of the promotion and moving. Associating a traditional cultural practice with a horror movie would, according to him, serve to further stigmatize Curandissimo as something to be feared. Chestnut went on to say that this is an especially dangerous prospect given the climate Mexican immigrants are currently facing. And that's true. You don't want to say this person's alternative medicine, which ultimately what that's what it is. And they sure. said that it started because people didn't necessarily have access to health care or chose on their own that they wanted natural health care. Yeah. And that's pretty much what this job is. And they didn't want traditional Western medicine, which I totally get. Well, and it's then you're turning it into via this movie. I had no idea going in what a curandero was. And right. then coming out of it, you think, oh, it's a ghost hunter demonologist. Sure. So when you say someone says, well, I'm going to go to a curandero because I've been having problems. You think, oh, man, they're oh, your house. house is on it. No, we must disabuse everyone of that notion. Right. That this is actually a practice that's supposed to promote mental health, physical health, ailments. And it's not at all a ghost hunting thing. It's like what we talked about in the last episode. The, everyone just kind of believes what the media tells them. Yes. And unless you were to look into it, which I never would have looked into that had I not been doing a podcast about it. Yeah. So I would have assumed that that's what that was, what yeah. they showed me in the movie. You always think, well, I don't, I mean, they're not going to lie to me. It's Warner Do Brothers. Do your due diligence. The media <laughs> lies constantly, sheeple. Now, don't trust anything they say. Oh, God. Nevertheless, Hispanic moviegoers made up 49% of the audience, and the film made $26.5 million in its first weekend. And some of those dollars were from Heather and I. That's right. We Now we're going to get into our movie review. <laughs> so that's the true, I guess, as insofar as a folklore legend is true, sure. but the background, the different the variations, the different legends that have got this figure to where she is today. Yes, and... Oh, man. So we go and see this movie. We did. Somewhat. I've been told that I look like Linda Cardellini. That's a very nice compliment. It is. She's aged very well. She uh, has. Hopefully I look like her when she was my age and not she's, you know, 50 now or whatever. But this movie. Oh, my goodness. I mean, my official review is sucks ass. Okay. <laughs> If I if we're going to be Siskel and Ebert, how they did two thumbs up, two thumbs down, I'm going to give it two buttholes oh god (laughs) which is the worst review so the whole what i wrote early on this is the first napkin i started writing on we're gonna summarize the plot for you yeah yeah, again you can tell from the trailer if you don't want spoilers i would tune out for a minute yeah shut it down it's a mom she's got two kids she's a white lady she was married to a hispanic police officer who was killed was killed somehow no they never explained they never said if it was in the line of duty or what you assume it is but it's never really explained it's also 
a completely unnecessary storyline for never, him to even be dead. That's my problem too. It didn't pay off. I no. wondered if the dad's ghost was going to come and help fight her. You never. There was there was no. The only reason that he was dead was so in that very first scene. She also works for CPS, Child Protective Services. In that very first scene, you could feel sorry for her when her boss takes away one of her cases because she hasn't been getting to work on time because she's a single mom, a single widow trying to get her kids out the door. Yeah. It's the only reason that was even written into it in the first place. And she has one of her cases where the mom is locked in the house. So the star, Linda Cardellini, goes to the house and talks to the mom. There's candles everywhere. They the can't find her kids haven't been at school, so she's going to check on the kids. And the house is a mess. And Linda Cardellini finds a locked door. They arrest the mom, and the mom says, "Whatever you do, don't open the door." So of course you're freaked out, and you think it's going to be, but ends up being the kids. They're alive and well. And the mom says she'll get them. She'll get them. Don't let them out. She'll get them. And then a few moments later, we're introduced to our ghost. La Is it Yorana. that quick? It's pretty quick. Because yeah, they got to it real fast. The go- It was a lot of ghosts in this movie. It and was it about w- 15 minutes of setup, and then it was... Yeah, they got to it quick. It was turned into jump scares pretty that quick. Was, and that was the only trope. I mean, they, it was just the same trope after trope the whole movie. It was just jump scare. It got to be where I would just turn to Heather. I'd go, get ready. Another one's coming. And Brace yourself. It didn't matter. I still screamed. <laughs> yes, she did. And it, But it was this... I mean... That's why it's not scary to me is it's predictable and boring. After a while, it just loses its impact. It was just creak, creak, floorboards creaking. Oh, big, gross, black-haired lady (laughs) with black shit coming out of her mouth is looking at you. She did look like a juggalo. Her face was white with black paint all over it. I told Heather in the movie, it's like those things that people used to send you where it would be a picture and it'd say... Can How many things can you find wrong in this picture? And you'd be staring at it for a minute before this crazy thing would jump out of you and go, Wah! which I hate. I, yeah. I'm i like you with those. I hate those. I do not like being scared like that. I like when the it's internet videos where people fall down watching those. I, I burst into tears once watching one. But that's, <laughs> that's what it was. It was just two hours of that, basically. As far as haunting, she... Sneaks around. She loves to run at people while screaming. And she... (laughs) It was really obnoxious. The worst thing was she came in Linda Cardellini's master bedroom and threw papers and clothes all over the floor. I do that to my own bedroom. Nobody comes in. Don't do it. Don't do it to somebody else's I make my own bedroom a huge mess. Oh, and also... Well, should we say she yeah. a, she the boys a... die? So the boys died, and they think that the they get drowned in a river. They think the mom did it, not Linda Cardellini, the mom that Patricia had locked her kids in the closet, and so she gets arrested. But then she's released because there's not any evidence to hold her. And throughout this time, Linda Cardellini's kids have been visited by La Llorona and she one thing that I didn't see in any of our research that they put in the movie is when she grabs their arms burns she them. leaves these horrible burns on their arms I think that was a plot device because they needed to be able to show that they had visited and kind of have proof yeah so then when they went to the curandero he said oh I know what that is yeah I, yeah I yeah the burn yeah. on your arm yeah some fun things that Christy said throughout oh my god you said quote no one in here has seen a movie before. Is it everyone's first time? <laughs> it was. 
That's how everyone was acting. Everybody was acting like they were in their own living room in Newsflash. We were not in anybody's living room. We were in a movie theater. Yeah. And then you also said as the mother, as Linda Cardellini tearfully locked her kids away to keep them safe from the ghosts, you said, the lack of emotion I feel for this is pretty remarkable. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. Because they, the character development was nothing. You didn't feel connected to any of these characters. You didn't give a shit what happened to them. Even the kids. I am a mom. I should care what happens to these kids. I didn't care if that little girl got drowned in the bathroom. You usually get really upset. I do. And there, well, it would have taken a lot for me to get emotionally upset in this movie because it was very distracting, everything that was going on around me. So I wasn't really invested in it. But also it just sucked. And that's the acting sucked. So I wasn't. Maybe you have lower standards. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't a good movie. It wasn't like I would love to see that again. But it was uh, in the vein of Annabelle or these scary movies where they pop out and scare you. If you want to thrill, if you want to go on a date and you you like a guy and you want to go out with him and you want to be able to grab a hold of his leg, like I accidentally did to Christy. Maybe this is the movie for you then. So I will say it did a little bit set up the folklore at the beginning. But largely the focus was not on the folklore. It was a 1973 Mm -hmm. era, and it focused more on this, frankly, this white lady and her kids and how her ignorance of folklore. Her husband was, her dead husband was Hispanic. Oh, I'm glad. So that's where the tie-in. Yeah. But it made no sense. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't I think just what, have a Hispanic what woman in the lead. Got Linda Cardellini and the kids attacked was their mother's ignorance, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the little boy not listening to his mom to stay in the car when True. they go to visit the crime scene. Which is the irony of La Llorona. You're supposed to listen to your parents yeah. or she'll get you. And that's exactly what happened. But the main thing that she was doing in this one was trying to replace her kids. That's Correct. the angle they went with. And it, this was the, the also that the... Husband cheated on her, right? Or did they? They didn't show that. I don't remember the husband cheating on her on on Patricia or no, Linda no, no. Cardellini on on the La Llorona and the flashback. Oh, the yes, 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 yes. In because it starts off where it says I don't remember what year it was in in eighteen fifty, yeah, something. or something. And so you see this flashback to her happy with her husband and the kids, and then she's drowning them in the river moments later. And it did allude to he had cheated on her. Yes. And so that was very spot on with most of the legends that you read. Good concept, poor execution would be what I would say. I think if someone else had got a hold of this and written it and directed it, it could have been really good. Well, and they say that I believe Ava Longoria is having a American Horror Story-esque type show that's going to come out where it will be tales of Mexican folklore. That'll be awesome. And each episode will be a different subject matter and that this will be the first episode. Um, Bayou Run will be the first episode. And so hopefully somebody who grew up with the legend and maybe could handle it in a little bit better way. Yeah. It will be, it's a good, it's good source material. I think it's a good folklore and that it teaches you a lesson and it's a cautionary tale. And frankly, it could be pretty scary for the ghost to come screaming at you. But when they showed her face too many times, it just looked like a lady in a costume. The makeup wasn't good. No, and all I could think was, in October, we're going to see $10,000. Oh, yeah. That's going to be... Because it's an easy costume. You get a white dress, paint your face white, do black tears, Mm -hmm. yellow contacts, done. Black wig, done. Yeah, black wig, yeah. So I think that the... And then the biggest laugh is when they do a flashback and they show (laughs) Annabelle 
The priest says something like, I've dealt with things before. And there's just a really odd, the cut, the it's editing. It's maybe four seconds long, this cut to him and Annabelle. And he's carrying the doll. And the edit was just so awkward. It was very awkward. And the audience laughed out loud. <laughs> there was also a very, very slow montage of where at the end, the curandero and the family are setting up the entire house to essentially get rid of la llorona and it's just like usually montages are quick and exciting and this was so slow and it had these weird like fade to blacks through each scene it was it was bizarre heather turns to me and she goes is this a trailer for the movie in in the movie it was so (laughs) it was so bizarre it was was very weird well that's our movie review and we'd love to hear if you've seen it what you think don't not go see it just because I didn't like it. Go and make your own assumptions. I will say I was scared of it, and I'm still scared of it. <laughs> I could not have been less scared of it. I've been more scared of just, uh, I don't any. I try to think of something so you, not scary. Two other things that you said in the movie. One, it's all a joke. And the, <laughs> the last thing you said as the credits rolled, you said, I hate everyone in this theater in their own special <laughs> <laughs> And that summed it up. Yep, that was, I will never go to another theater that is not Alamo Draft House. We tried to go, but it was sold out, so we were forced to go to AMC. But we did it for the show. We did it for you guys. We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, even though we're not, we're not going to become a movie review podcast. But I will tell you <laughs> what I thought of Avengers Endgame. Here's the best part of it. At the very end, I'm just kidding. Obviously. <laughs> oh, God. Obviously not. You get death threats. No. Go see that, though. I cried so many times. So what do we think about all this? Well, I think it's a good legend. There probably was tales of tragedy as there are, you know, back way, way back. And then, like you said, it's told down in families and year over year. It's obviously going to change. But at the end of the day, the core message of be faithful, be true, tell your listen to your parents, be respectful. It's a. Uh, much like a fable or mm-hmm. something like that. It's a, a fairy tale. Yes, it's a, a vessel. dark fairy tale. It's a dark fairy tale. It's a vessel to, instead of telling kids, oh, if you do this thing, your dreams will come true. Well, if you do this thing and respect your parents, you won't get killed by yeah. a ghost lady. So it's a great idea. I'll I, probably tell my kids about it. <laughs> I honestly find those things very problematic. What? Ha- fairy tales? Not fairy tales, but just even parents saying... Well, if you don't behave, Santa's not going to bring you anything this year. Mm -hmm. Using these things that we fully well know are not true Mm -hmm. to try and instill fear into our kids to act a certain way when just be like good, honest parents to them. You should be a good person. If you don't behave, guess what? You're not going to go out tonight with your friends. You You don't have to say they're going to get drowned in a river down by your house by some ghost woman. Think of how effective that would be. (laughs) I guess it's effective, but you also, you lose, I think you lose a lot of respect as a parent by your kid. I And probably they're going to be in therapy one day telling them therapist about it. I feel well adjusted and I still fear that the boogers are going to get me. So (laughs) I think, you know, depends on the story, maybe. Sure. (laughs) Well, many of you have asked if we have a Patreon where you can donate to the show. We do. Our show will always remain free, but if you wish to donate to help offset the cost of making and hosting the show, you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash Sinisterhood. You can get some sweet perks like Patreon-exclusive content, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group, a special shout-out on the show, and a monthly bonus mini-sode. 
which we just recorded yesterday that'll be coming out for our patrons. A very interesting topic. Yes. Anna Delvey, the hipster doofus, <laughs> to quote Kramer, that tricked a bunch of Manhattan socialites into thinking she was one of them. And tricking some banks into giving her money. Yes, a lot of them. Well, we're doing an iTunes review contest. We currently have 461 reviews mm-hmm. on iTunes. And if we can hit 500 reviews or more by Memorial Day, which is May 27th, we will stay at the Adolphus Hotel for one night. It is the most haunted hotel in Dallas. Christy and I will do some live videos on Instagram as we do that. Uh, as you can tell, I was terrified just by watching a... We'll have separate rooms. Okay. No, we won't. <laughs> I'll go home. You're staying with me. And, when I, I and, cry, I've, and I've been to this hotel. The only time I've been there, I had a paranormal experience. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there's a good chance... I mean, I'm batting a thousand already. So I guess go review us on <laughs> iTunes so I can go and stay in a hotel. I think there's a good chance we're going to hit it. We've already had about 20 more since we first started this. So <sighs> thanks a lot. Got thanks about a to, month to get 39 more. Everybody that reviewed, thanks for that. <laughs> Great. Well, the best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We also have a Sinisterhood fan group that you can join on Facebook that's a lot of fun. Heather, where can you be found on the internet? You hit me up on Instagram at Heather vs. The World or on Twitter at NCK vs. The World. And what about you? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. And don't forget to stick around after our sign-off to hear some of your Patreon shout-outs. Yes. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. So here are your shout-outs. Anna Marie, Katrina Rowland, Aaron Manning, Brenda S. Mavora, Shelby Adams, Devin Ashley, Casey Ingleby, Jessica Sexton, what's up? Pam Wishbo, what's up? Bridget Bailey, Lillian, Stephanie. Cheryl D, Stephanie Evola, J Lo, <gasps> J Lo. We know you. Oh, Thanks, er- J Lo. Erica Nelson, Amanda Lynn, Amanda E, Casey Gale Whitaker. Thank you so much for all of your questions on the Q and A. Yes, definitely. Debbie Benson, Carrie King. That's a fun name. Paige Clarkland. That sounds like a fun Place amusement to go. park. Yeah, I would go. Ten out of ten. Would go to Paige Clarkland. <laughs> Megan Savage, Savvy Maggie. Lisette Shields, Courtney Engelman, Carolyn Norwood, Joanna West, Lori Bobiak, and... And the most very special shout out to my wonderful and loving mother, who's honestly the nicest person that I know, <laughs> Kathy Wallace. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. And also, if you sign up for the $10 tier or up, be on the lookout for your sticker. It's going to go in the mail tomorrow. Yes, and the mini-sode will be put up in the next couple days also. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. Keep it creepy. Sinister